Hey guys, welcome to the Self-Evident Podcast. It is Sunday, it is 7 p.m. I have my friend, my confidant, my brother from another mother, Massey, here tonight. Hi. We have our guest again. Polly G! In the house. <laughs> Polly G in the house. Polly the knife. You know... Honestly, guys, it, last week it went so well. We we did not get through everything we wanted to get through. We were like, Paul, you got to come back. There's no way you can't be here for this, especially now that we are going to discuss something that actually relates to the church, right? So, Paul, we're glad to have you here again. Um, be sure, guys, don't forget, share, comment. Share, like, like people. Let get people them to know like about it. it right? Get them to uh, get on board with us. Uh, we have a lot of new things coming up right now. Uh, especially uh, currently with some new, we got some new ideas for some curriculums. We've got our new merch coming out again, uh, which is really exciting. But also, too, we're just excited to expand our Torchbearer Society, which will be coming out here this weekend. Uh, we're working on some, uh, some some different things. But uh, hey, man, today was a today was a good gully whopper at church. Eh? <laughs> today was a gully whopper. She was good. We're talking about liberty, I mean, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and it's been amazing, did, man. To did you mix church and politics? Are you allowed to do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Is funny. Do you know, 56 signers, 26 of them had seminary degrees. I think they did it themselves, too. Mm. You know? mm. to that. Just saying. Just saying. Yeah. So think about that next time. A lot of them had seminary degrees, let alone the fact that most of them were faithful men or respected the Lord at least, right? So that's not where we're going to get into too much tonight. What we right. are going to get right. into tonight. So right. last couple of weeks— Let's, let's have a small, tiny recap. First, we had individualism versus collectivism. There's a difference, right? And then we got into Marxism. And we talked about the foundations of Marxism. We talked about the connections of Black Lives Matter to Marxism. It's their foundation. They have spoken it out of their own mouth, right? Their own mouth has given the truth of who they really are. You get plenty of people who follow. They say, oh, I support Black Lives Matter without realizing the true context of what it actually means. So you gotta pay attention. You gotta look at mission statements. You gotta look yeah. at what the founders say. You gotta look at what the background of the philosophers totally. of a movement say. Totally. What we're and and we're gonna get into that because this week what we're talking about is Marxism and Christianity. Uh -huh. You have a lot of churches buying into the Black Lives Matter stuff and going along with this movement and what they're doing unknowingly, most of them is buying into Marxism. Paul? Amen. The uh, the thing that it's important for all of Americans to know is that there are three phases to that to the Marxism thing yeah. in their concept. There's the current condition of being under capitalism. There's the revolution phase and there's the utopian phase the problem with marxism is it never gets out of the revolutionary totally. phase yeah. never gets to totally. utopia totally. because utopia is impossible yep cuba cuba's been having a revolution for how many years exactly yeah. since 1959 <laughs> man legit yeah and that's what happens just with governments alone they will keep and perpetuate this stuff because guess who remains in power yeah it yes. makes the money man wars make money absolutely they man. don't care about the product or the end goal they don't they legit Research it yourself. Uh, I'm just going to say it. Wars don't create any type of freedom except more bondage and slavery. Yeah. And we're selling arms to foreign countries that we're fighting against. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's insanity. Yeah. So this is why it's so important to understand the Constitution, let alone the last few wars weren't even uh, established by Congress. It wasn't Congress that declared war. Just us saying, yeah, well, I mean, they look like they're going to bomb us, so we better go protect ourselves. That's right. That's you know right. I mean? Strike it's them just, before they strike us. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Th that right there is the evidence of a king. Yep. That's monarchy, man. Yep. Straight yep. up rule. Mob rule. That is not America. That's not the republic. Yeah. Right. So, but with Marxism, there's the, uh, the goal is that it in the utopia is that everybody rules collectively together. Um, but the rulers that rise up during the revolutionary uh, time, they don't want to give up that power to the sure proletariat. They, yeah. they talk about the people, the people's revolution, all this kind of stuff, but they don't mean it. Totally. They do not. They are never going to give up power they to won't. the people. No. Ever. They, they just build off the backs. It, useful idiots. That, yes. that term is is flows through Marxism. It flows through revolu revolutions, right? Absolutely. The idea of the useful idiot who you build off the back of the useful idiot, and then you gain your power, and you grab your power, and then you put the useful idiot against totally. the wall. Yeah. You get rid of them, right? Totally. Um, so, and that's them calling you that, not us. Exactly. exactly. That's, that's what they think of you. Yes. That's their ideology. Yes. And, and it's funny. We're going to get into this, but, Paul, on the notes, you had mentioned how Marx 
basically built off the backs of the workers' frustration. Yet he had no connection to the workers. He was, he was a loser. never a worker yeah. himself. He, it, he was a like, leech. Yeah. I, I, I can't help but compare Bernie Sanders to Marx. Like, <laughs> Bernie Sanders didn't hold a real job until he got voted into office. That's right. He had no real job. He got kicked out of a commune for being too lazy. Yeah. Communists saw him as too lazy. Yeah. There's a problem there. Yeah. There's exactly. a problem there. Anyway, it's funny. Can I, can I read this real quick from Marx? He argued this. He said, the foundation of irreligious criticism is man makes religion. Religion does not make the man. Listen to this. So backwards. Religion is indeed the self-consciousness and self-esteem of a man who has either not yet won though through himself or he has already lost himself again. Yeah. In other words, yeah. no, there's no life in Christ. So we're supposed to be left to our own devices. And look what's, mm. look what's happening right now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're finding out in Washington right now, this whole Seattle thing, or wh where was it? The Chaz? Chaz, right. Yeah, right. right. Capitol Hill finding, uh, Autonomous Zone. Yeah. They're, they're finding out quickly that you can't be left to your own devices without law. They're yeah. finding out fast. You know right. what I mean? So, look, am I for freedom and am I for secession of the union if the union goes nuts? Yes. But they better have some. They better have something established, like a moral code or structure, yeah, before you do that. There's a foundation that I'm needs totally to be there. I'm totally for secession. If you need to secede as a state, I, I get it. You know, I understand. Well, that was one of the biggest mistakes they made with the Constitution, the founders. Yeah. They didn't leave you an exit clause. Right. But, but again, they can do that with, with three-fourths vote in the state. If the state can, is, uh, vows to, or votes to secede, they can do that through the state legislature. They can secede from the union. There's, where's the clause in the Constitution? It's not the clause in the Constitution. It's actually the state law. It's actually state requirements. Now, well, it, it takes a lot to do that, and it's pretty much a war at that point. But secession is 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 has well, been done if, many if times. Well, if it's legally, um, well, we're getting off track here. Uh, <laughs> we could go with Stay this. Stay tuned for right, 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 after right, hours right, another yeah. day. The, the, we'll yeah. do that. The, 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 <laughs> the, and, and you're right. The point is, to your point, what I'm saying is they didn't do that. And there was things. I think they thought, hey, we created a system where everybody would want to be a part of this. I don't mm -hmm. think that anybody wanted to secede. I think that's why they left states' rights in the hands of the states. That's why Amendment Number Ten and Nine were mm -hmm. written. You know, the, this mm -hmm. was the point was that the states could do this themselves. They were free. They were they were independent yeah. states. Notice it says that we have now become free and independent states. That's what um, uh, uh, dude from Virginia, oh, Madison. No, no, no. His name escapes me. He he actually wrote that part of the draft. Mm. Uh, they, he claimed that they're free and independent states, not a free and independent nation. Right. Yeah. He said they're states. Yeah. Right. And so there was a point to that because each state had its own, uh, you know, law, its own governors, all that stuff. So that's what they wanted. But they didn't give them give the states of the Confederacy Truth. the uh, the honest um, evaluation that they could secede if they totally. wanted to. Yeah. And totally. it was, of course, that was an economic decision. And so they yep. decided to go to yep. war to keep the taxes that came from the southern states. And, and that was that was there is a strong argument to make that Abraham Lincoln was not making legal moves in trying to I keep know. the confederate states from that's right he, well he yeah. shredded the constitution yeah. so and, and he did he really did <laughs> another night but, uh, another night <laughs> thomas jefferson too the, the louisiana purchase uh, I mean, that was one a, big bungle that was a there. big bungle yeah. anyway yeah. sorry we're off topic here we so, are so this is what happens when the three of us sit down and we start drinking coffee yeah, we start the, to conversation to goes elsewhere ideas right? yeah. so but tonight, tonight, we are talking about Marxism and Christianity. Why? Because they are very intertwined, yet they are completely antagonistic. <laughs> and, and we need Ooh. to understand that you cannot believe that Marxism is just apathetic to religion, that Marxism can live in the same realm as religion. Mm -hmm. We are going to prove to you that it does not, it cannot, it will not. So we're going to go with the first slide. A man named Sean King, which there are questions to... His, his true connections to the black rights movement, either way, considers himself a black leader, black activist. He called to pull down white Jesus. So he recently posted that any images of white Jesus should be taken down. It's this idea of white supremacy, white oppression. It's not about, this is not about just how Jesus looks. It's actually a subversive tactic to start dismantling the authority of the church over the society by legitimizing it, yeah. right? It's not just about, well, Jesus is white, we'll stop there. Look at mm -hmm. the monuments. Look at the monuments. Yeah. 
if you thought this was actually foundational in a value-driven movement, they would have stopped at the Confederate statues, but they right. didn't. They right. didn't. They they they're taking down abolitionists. They're taking down. They're trying to take Lincoln Republicans. Down. Lincoln. Yeah. Teddy Roosevelt's statue got removed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he had nothing to do with that. In you know fact, funny, he though? was very much a proponent of racial equality. Going to the church side of it, the it wasn't it the Pharisees that were denying Christ too. That can't oh, yeah. be the risen yeah. savior. That yeah. can't be that can't be the king of the Jews. That's impossible. And why is he calling himself the king? It had nothing to. It had everything to do with the spirit of God. This exactly. is a blunt force attack on Christianity. Period. This whole, I'm telling you, Marxism is a blunt force attack on Christianity, and no, they're taught that now. No question about it. But the and because really, Marxism is a spiritual battle. It's religion it is driven by the dark, mm-hmm. the spiritual forces of darkness totally. by Satan and his kingdom, and it's driven by that. And any Christian who thinks that uh, that there's any correlation or overlap yes. or connection with Marxism is is getting in bed with the enemy. And and we are really going to get into that one thing and because it's, it's so vital to this discussion. One thing I want to do first is I want to knock down the false pin of Jesus being white, therefore it should be taken off. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of Christians will look at that and on the surface they go, yeah, he was Jewish. So that is kind of a symbol of white supremacy if, to make Jesus European with a Roman nose, blue eyes, you know, light brown hair, like... That's not Jesus, so why would we depict him as that? Um, so, Christian, if you want to start running the slides, we, we've we got a series of slides for you that I want you to check out. And I want all of these slides are pictures of Jesus in different cultures. There's a reason for that, because there's different representations of Christ depending on what culture you're a part of. This isn't just European Jesus or Jewish Jesus. This is European Jesus, Jewish Jesus, Asian Jesus, black Jesus, Arab Jesus, Jesus, right? There are different depictions of Jesus. Um, and Paul, we were talking a little bit about that, and I'd, I'd love for you to kind of give the, in, yeah. the explanation behind that. Well, if you think about it, the um, the way the Jewish people are are sort of spread out around the world, nowadays so many Jews are blonde and blue-eyed because they were part of the Jewish diaspora that happened where Jews came back to Israel from all over the world. Mm-hmm. And but going back to the time of Jesus, that whole section of Palestine and the Middle East was grouped together with Turkey and and many European countries into one ethnicity. The current understanding about racism and the current conversations about racism only started about 200 years ago. Listen to that. Before, Listen to that. Before 200 years ago, that it was mostly about uh, ethnicity and and where you kind of came from uh, in the world, but from a uh, uh, even a physiological standpoint, we were talking about the way that uh, human heads are shaped and that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, the people in the Middle East, many of them have the same head shapes as we do in fr- descending from Europe. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and you and I were talking a little bit about how the ancestry from the Caucasus Mountains, right? Oh, yeah. So you, you, you get Pakistani yeah. and Indians, you get Iranians, Persians, you did, uh, and Europeans, you know, they, they all kind of derive from the Caucasus Mountains. Right. So similar ancestry or, or, or lineage. Um, but even more so, the, the depiction of Jesus, that depiction of Jesus, depending on the culture, it helps connect the culture to the God, right? It's much harder for a, especially an ancient culture or middle age culture to connect deeply with a, a figure if the figure doesn't look anything like them. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not a rejection of all the other cultures. It's right. a commonality or connection of your culture to the religious figure, right? Asians find much more commonality with another Asian than they do with so a Caucasian. Yeah. It's just natural, yeah. right? And, Human nature. And, and there's, it's not evil to do that. America was a mostly European heritage, and the images we brought forth of Christ came from European ancestry. So we just carried it over. We brought it over. It was a commonality. It was something that was built over the generations and ages. You can't fault them for that. Otherwise, you have to fault Africans for having black Jesus and Asians for having Asian Jesus. There might be be an argument to be had of of the... Uh, caveat in scripture about not having idols that represent and God. And I have thought about that, yeah. And the idea that that whenever the church throughout the centuries has made images of Jesus that looked like 
you and I uh, looked like whoever the culture was at any time that was making an image of Jesus. It's going to make him look like them. And in general, that Mm, does create confusion. And I can see why God would say, don't do that. Don't do that, because it will trip people up. Yeah. Mm. Uh, because he really loves everybody, and he doesn't want anybody to miss Jesus because he doesn't look like them. Yeah. And and while, which I, I totally agree with you, and, and while it, it it's more advantageous to just not even have the images, Yes. The I, I really want to nail the fact that they're wrong about saying this is just a symbol of white supremacy, white oppression. It, yeah, because the idea behind that is it's, it's solely used to show that God was white, and therefore anybody else is subhuman, which mm. was not the case at all, right? Right. right. Um, oh. So I, I agree with you completely. And so we knocked down that pin. One of the things I want to talk about, and, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to read quotes, and I want you guys to stop me and comment in on this. What did the Marxist philosophers and, and proponents say about religion? And we're going to go through some quotes of different Marxist philosophers. These are the founders of Marxism, of communism. Back to those right? who are new, can you explain yeah. Marxism in a nutshell, please? So Marxism is... Man, how, how, do I, how do I even dissect it, yeah, that into it, a simple term? Marxism uh, is, a, is an envy of... The haves and the have-nots. The haves and the haves-not. It's the idea of struggle. Their stated, their stated yeah. goal is equality of outcome. Okay, that's their stated goal where everybody, regardless of the amount of effort they put in, that everybody gets the same results as an outcome to everybody's efforts. Mm -hmm. So there's an equality of outcome, not they don't emphasize equality of input. So you could be a lazy slug and you're still going to get paid the same amount as the person who is working hard. And uh, ultimately, that's their goal and that's their utopia. That's totally their goal. Uh, But in the process of getting there, of course, they have to go through revolution. Exactly. They have to use force because there's no, no other way to get there. I think it's too. This this destroys production of man. This destroys everything Thomas Jefferson said because one family's industry right has done more than another because your fathers weren't as industrious as you. That's mm-hmm. thievery. He was basically saying. Yeah. And so this is the problem with the Marxist theory that it, it destroys any kind of initiative. It destroys any kind of family structure really because it's like you know what my parents can't tell me what to do i like what they're doing because everybody's a collective i mean literally i was talking about it today in the sermon how schools have been now training kids to think i don't have to tell my parents that anymore i don't have to listen to that anymore constitution what what does that mean they don't even read it you know let alone now we're, we're doing math where it takes five minutes to do two plus two you know what i mean we're literally confusing our kids uh and and telling them that religion doesn't even exist that abortion and, and, and evolution is, is the way to go. So evolution is, uh, you know, the, the advancement of, of man, yet we're destroying our babies because we're so advanced. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is literally Molech in action right now. And we don't Thank even talk you. about it. Thank you. I mean, literally, they are destroying themselves with their own religion. They're, and it is a religion because you have to believe this mess, right? Just like evolution's a religion. You literally have to believe in that. It's a religion. When, yes, when totally. The, the New York Assembly stands up and applauds abortion up to birth and lights up the Empire State Building to celebrate the passing of that. You've passed from a motive into a religion. Totally. You are celebrating and, and putting yourself behind something that is a belief deeper than just a right. It's, mm-hmm. it's a spiritual, metaphysical belief that you're, you're trampling on right there and you're, right. You're, you're going into something deeper right yep. right right you know, which is demonic that is demonic. totally you know and yeah um, and and it's it been happening throughout history the whole idea of sacrificing babies yeah. and that kind of stuff and we and they would go back and they would deplore uh columbus coming over and and trying to and somehow destroying the aztec culture but the aztec culture was sacrificing babies yes totally and, and thousands of human beings from various tribes just sacrificing after sacrifice after, yeah. yet he's evil yeah. for stopping that just for those of you that question christopher columbus and the indians look up the sunni tribe t-s-u-n-i tribe and you see what they did with him and the other tribes around them and how they destroyed columbus when they were trying to work together other other uh, indian tribes were destroying it, it, there was, it was savage they were actually cannibals yeah, yeah. Eat, i mean there's actual physical photos we we don't even talk about this kind of history anymore that all of a sudden these white people just came and stole land. Okay, look, nobody can deny that there's bad people out there. 
But that wasn't the whole case. You know what I mean? So do your homework. Do your research. Look, dig in past what you're seeing in the media, please. And isn't it funny that we're locked into our houses for the first two months of yeah. COVID? Yeah. What did you have? Your TV and your phone. Yeah. And guess what we were bombarded with? A bunch of mainstream garbage that was literally trying to destroy everything you think about God mm -hmm. because, hey, where are the healers anymore? Dude, this is contrived. And if you can't see that, you got to start reading scripture. Wait. When the 1619 Project wins a Pulitzer Prize, oh, you know yeah. things have gone off the I rails. do, yeah. for real. Right. Yeah. Um, so we're going to get into these quotes. Marxist philosophers. Can, I want you to ask yourself this question as you hear these quotes. Can Marxism live with Christianity? Can it live, live next to it? Can it partner with it? Can, can somebody be a Christian and a Marxist at the same time? You have to go to the founders and understand what were their thoughts and values and beliefs mm. for the motive of the system. Because they're shaping the system to reflect their motives and beliefs. That's why I stand behind the founders of America. Because what do they talk about? They talk about virtue, uprightness, morality, totally. God, equality, right? right. So compare yep. that. To these Marxist philosophers and guys, stop me at any of these quotes if you want to hit Good. it. All right, count so on it. <laughs> Trotsky said, "Religions are illogical, primitive ignorance. There is nothing as ridiculous and tragic as a religious government." When he himself practices a religion, exactly. He, <laughs> Marxism. Yeah, of course it's, they're in denial about that. <laughs> of course, because everybody can get on board, dude. What is the whole? Religion does just that. It, 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 it produces, it doubles itself. You're yeah. always looking for, but we have the power and the authority through Christ. Their power is in themselves. Mm -hmm. And look where it gets them. Image of man. They're, totally. They're shaping and we're created in, in Christ's image. image. Yeah, totally. But totally. notice also his propaganda in here. Religious government. We don't yeah. have a religious government. We have a government that is based on nature's laws of the creator, as Massey said this morning, um, and that those nat nature's laws are for all mankind. They're written in our hearts, yeah. whether Absolutely. you're Christian or not. They pre-exist government. Absolutely. That's a presuppositional pre point in the American system, where they said we have the laws of nature and nature's God. It was John Quincy Adams that said it presupposes that there's a God with the moral code. He said that in a court case. The sixth president of the United States. This is what I'm. T what, what he's saying is, I don't have to force the law of God on you. It's already in you. Yeah. So what we're doing is producing this government that yeah. he was trying to take away and take the throne of God over the people. Yeah. That's not the case here. This is not religious government. We are religious and intent. That's who we are as a people. Whether you believe in it or not, you know something's off in your conscience. That's why you're always you're discontent if you don't have Christ. So, right. so the, the idea of that is what Massey's saying is so under our government system, what the founders were doing were say. This is the foundation of man, and this, this is what man can attain to. This is the government to build around it. What Marxists say is man needs to engineer government in his own image. Right. And if you don't have a foundational system of God's providence totally. over your life, then you're shaping your own providence, which means totally. Marxism has to use force to shape man's providence. Absolutely, because there's, there's no respect for the individual in no. the Marxist religion. Um, because think about what are what is a religious government? Iran, Egypt, yes. Saudi Arabia, Turkey. They have religious governments where their government is the collective Gosh. of the people. Okay, those are religious governments. They use religious man. law. The, religious law and, and political law are exactly the same thing. They're one and the same. Yeah. In America, we have a government that is founded in the values of individuals and respects the individual. The individual is the highest value, not the collective. Yeah. And that's wow. a real fundamental difference here. And that's how, where Trotsky is using propaganda against us. We don't mm -hmm. have a religious government. Absolutely. So next one, Gramsci. Which we talked about Gramsci a little bit before. So Marx was an economist, right? Economic philosopher. Gramsci yeah. was really the cultural Marxist mm. philosopher. Yeah. He was the one who brought it from just economics in the shape of that into all spheres of the culture. And he wanted to completely change the culture. And this quote will show you. Socialism is precisely the religion that must overwhelm Christianity. In the new order, socialism will triumph by first capturing the culture via infiltration of schools, universities, churches, and the media by transforming the consciousness of society. Tell me you have not seen the consciousness of society change totally. in yeah. the past 60, 70 years. He, he was totally prophetic here. Absolutely. 
and and it it goes back to even Soviet communist movements within America starting the seeds of change. They saw it as the long haul. China sees it the same way. The one thing that, that communists have as a strength is they see the long game. Yeah. And and what they'll do is they will they will play a game over generations. And so they start the seeds in the major areas of the culture and then those seeds grow and germinate. Guess where they ended up? They ended up in the universities, in the schools. They ended up in media. They ended up mm-hmm. in Hollywood. They ended up in the in the churches to some extent. Yeah. They ended up in the law system, and now it's bearing fruit. And that's why it's so dangerous because Gramsci was prophetic about this. He was really pointing this out of what we're gonna do in order to get rid of. Notice he said overwhelmed Christianity. Absolutely. But consider the mechanics of what this would be like for the church and what we've seen taking place over the last hundred years that uh, uh, Marxism has tried to take root um, is that Marxism has come in and socialism is the form of Marxism that has operated in America and it has neutralized churches by going into the churches, infiltrating them and convincing them that they need to confine their values and their speaking inside the church. And so that, if anything, socialism wins when it shuts Christians up. Uh, And and so Christians didn't get involved in universities and schools and things like this and teach the values that we have. And if they did individually become a teacher in a school, they were told to shut up that that didn't belong in school, that the values of Jesus did not belong, the values of the Bible don't belong, no Ten Commandments, all those kinds of things. And so constantly Christians were inundated with this idea, you need to shut up, keep your faith at home, keep your faith inside your church, don't let it come out in public. Which which is completely separate and opposite from what the founders thought absolutely the the first book that was printed for schools in the u.s and its foundation the bible (coughs) yeah right they they, they wanted the bible in the classrooms they wanted the hymnals in the classrooms why because they knew you had to shape the the inner man in order to have a healthy country what was the dictionary you were talking about this morning massey Uh, yeah webster's 1828 1828 that uses scripture as part of its definitional process absolutely i think too when you guys read scripture Basically, what he said, they're supposed to infiltrate the schools and the churches, and the Bible is consistently warning. Second Corinthians, Jude, uh, you know, Revelation talks about it. Uh, Christ talked about it, that some would be deceived, right? And in Jude, I'm, I'm finding it right now. Yeah. Uh, basically, what he said, uh, where is that? I just had Jude's it. such a long book, though. Yeah, it's like a whole chapter in itself, <laughs> right? It's, it's crazy. Here it is. For certain people have crept in unnoticed who long ago were designated for this condemnation ungodly men who pervert the grace of God into sensuality and deny our only master Lord in Christ Jesus Christ. What he's saying there is a lot of people will come in and deceive and say, it's by our power. It's by our hand. We'll deny the grace. In other words, you know what? You're good enough. You do you. That, that's, a, that's a dangerous teaching. It is because now you're depending on yourself. When he says, be holy, like we're supposed to abide in him. That's, that's the duty of any Christian, right? Marxism is telling you, we'll go into the churches and infiltrate it, that everybody has to be this big old communal. Did you know that benevolence already teaches you that through Christ? The book of Acts, when they did it all voluntarily, it was what they, they were des- destined and designed. Yes. This is why ministries are different. The Bible says that we have different giftings for the perfecting of the saints to make full proof of our ministry, the Bible says. This is why you have to be different. And you know what? What churches do with this, when they're communal like that, they don't have to outreach. They don't have to, they don't have to believe in the gifts anymore because guess what? We're good enough. What does Pastor Todd always say? Uh, moral, uh, what does he call it? Moral, not relativism. Uh, not moral goodness. You know what I'm talking about? Not the spirit, but moral. Uh, he's probably going to text it to me in a minute. Uh, moral. Uh, good moral people. Good moral people instead of godly people yeah. who overcome. Like, instead of the overcomer, they're just good people who do good things, and that's what they're doing is good. Do we all know what Matthew 5 said? I didn't even know you. You say that you did all these things, but I didn't know you. Depart from iniquity, right? Depart from those things. Now, people are like, that's really harsh. No, those are Jesus' words. Unless we abide in the vine, we're not of him. Yeah, Dude, legit, and he will lead you to do your ministry. That's the bottom line. It's time to start stepping out in faith, folks. This is different now. What you're seeing is a bold, I'm tell, I'll say it again, it's a bold-faced intrusion against Christianity. They're literally trying to destroy your faith. That's what's going on. And it, people don't give it that type of credit. People will say, oh, it's, it's just a movement. It's just happening over here. It's, and you get so many churches right now that are, are just 
kind of building the wall around themselves and saying, well, we'll stay in here and we'll, we'll just do our worship. We'll do our, our preaching. Don't just, we're not going to worry about that. So many pastors say, I don't want to get involved in politics. Politics will get involved in you. That's right. They're coming whether you they, wanted to or exactly. not. Exactly. In California, <laughs> once again, they're trying to ban worship. Right. That is spiritual. That is so spiritual. And and if you don't see it as spiritual, you've got to go back to the Bible and, and see what it says about praise and worship and singing to the Lord. That's that's warfare. That's spiritual war. warfare. Can I, can I can I read a couple comments? This is great. Absolutely. Um uh, BLM is a movement. Many don't know what it's about. Uh, Rain Cora said, I don't back it at all. All lives matter. This movement is about rebellious and ardent hearts. Amen. Sin is the issue here. Yep. Uh, let's see. Thank Todd you. Mozingo, moralistic therapeutic geese. <laughs> thank you, sir. That was it. Good call. Uh, 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 Rain said, I'm staying in prayer right now. Amen. Um, about this whole issue. Um, What's in the coffee? Thank you. <laughs> I'm just trying to make sure I get through all the comments before we continue because I love people's comments, man. Uh, Brian, we, we have this thing going on Tuesday. If you guys are local here in Stewart, uh, the county commission, and Brian Moriarty just posted, he said, who on here is going to stand up to the proposed tyranny of our county commission by attending the meeting on Tuesday at 1.30? We need your support. Absolutely. Dude. We'll promote that. We were just there on Thursday, mm -hmm. uh, made our voices heard, and he was right. I believe we did stop. They came in, minds made up. Yeah. I think we stopped it because they were going to make this a misdemeanor. This is what Marxism does. We have to make everybody safe. Don't put your fear on me. Don't do that. Like, if, and again, if the, according to Todd, right? If the masks work, why do I need one? Yeah. Right. You wear yours. Yeah. If it works, it's good enough. That's right. Yeah. If it doesn't, then why do we need them? You know, yeah. like, <laughs> right. Right. Here we go. Um, Let's continue. I'm, I'm going to read one more. And I wanted, because, well, I'll read one quick. For Marx, what he said was the first requisite for the happiness of the people. First requisite for the happiness of the people is the abolition of religion. Look at that. So in order for you to be happy, you have to get rid of religion. Come on. This is my field. Go ahead. Well, what I was going to say is uh, there are lots of people, even Christians nowadays, will say that I am not religious. I'm a Christian. Uh -huh. So there is some truth to the idea that in that many churches have turned the faith into a religion that is harmful to people. It added on the guilt. It, um, it you know, there was a lot of bad behavior, all those kind of stuff. Now, Marx, of course, is using that as a as a pry bar against the whole Christian faith. Uh, but there have been issues in the church going back, and right. so he had examples that he that anybody could pull out at any time where religion as a separate thing from relationship with God uh, could be a terrible thing and could be a burden on people. Yeah. So. Yeah, this is, uh, this is Joseph's story in 1801, the father of American jurisprudence. Um, kind of debatable what kind of guy he was. I know people kind of have an indifference to him, uh, but here's what he said. I verily believe that Christianity is necessary to support a civil society and shall ever attend to its institutions and acknowledge its precepts as, as the pure and natural sources of private and social happiness. Uh, Washington, in his farewell address, when he left office, he said, of all the dispositions and habits which lead to political prosperity, religion, and morality are indispensable supports. So let me stop you right there. Go ahead. Just to ask this question. If you're a Christian, which founding fathers of a philosophy should you get behind? Should you there get you behind go. Marx, who says religion is a, is a, an abomination, you need to abolish it? Or somebody like Washington, who says, you can't have happiness Dude, without, legit. without God. Legit. Mm -hmm. Even the, the, if you look at all the state constitutions, read your preambles. The one in Massachusetts, I think, was probably one of the most poetic uh, ever written. It was just so beautiful. I mean, they laid out in detail what their state wanted to do at the time. And this is actually the preamble in 1780. It says, the happiness of a people and the good order and preservation of civil government essentially depend upon piety, religion, and morality. It says happiness can only be attained through piety, religion, and morality. Uh, what is what is happiness? Because they're saying in order to have true happiness, we got to destroy religion, basically. Yep. But happiness actually means virtue or excellence, and virtue means moral goodness. Whose moral goodness? God's. Read the definitions. They're literally saying that you cannot be happy. William Blackstone said that. You can't have happiness outside of God, outside, outside of his laws. Mm -hmm. It's impossible. Because what are you left to yourself with? What they're looking for is a temporal happiness, not an eternal one. They don't have joy. 
that's what he was talking yes. about. So anyways, absolutely. Let's go Which goes back to notes you've on. made here as well tonight, I think, about materialism. Yeah, absolutely. And, and one of the, the characteristics of Marxism is that it focus, focuses on the external, the material uh, around us, that somehow happiness can be found by a balancing and equality of the material um, uh, aspects of life. And no, we all know that there is no such thing possible to get happiness from the external material world. Totally. Precisely. And, and it's funny because Marxism will rail against the idea of materialism. Yep. And I know we talked yep. about this last week. Yet then yep. they, it's what Marxism is actually obsessed with is mm. materialism because right. there's nothing else in the world. Totally. Right. They view the world completely totally. through the lens of materialism and whether or not you have materials. Yes. That's, that's different from... No, materialism doesn't matter. Materials don't matter because it's about the spiritual yeah. side of your totally. life. Right. And Marxism completely does away with totally. that. Totally. Right. Um, so I really want to read this from the Gulag Archipelago just because this shows you this actually happened in the Soviet Union. And mind you, if you think that it's not going to happen today or it's, it's not a movement of Marxism, I want to remind you that this happened in the 1900s. This started around 1920-something, and this was going through 1960s, 1970s. It finally started to, to level off and ease up around the 70s in the Soviet Union. And then, you know what, 20 years later, finally the Soviet Union fell. Totally. But this happened in the 1900s. You have to remember this, that this can happen. Marxism will do this, what I'm about Gosh. to read to you. Listen. So, so, Kristen, go ahead and throw it up on the screen. Sit back, grab your cup of coffee. I'm going to read you a story. The root destruction of religion in the country, which throughout the 20s and 30s was one of the most important goals of the GPU and KVD, could be realized only by mass arrests of Orthodox believers, monks and nuns whose black habits had been a distinctive feature of old Russian life, were intensively rounded up on every hand, placed under arrest, and sent into exile. They arrested and sentenced sentence active laymen. The circles kept getting bigger as they raked in ordinary believers as well, old people and particularly women who were the most stubborn believers of all and who, for many long years to come, would be called nuns in transit prisons and in camps. True, they were supposedly being arrested and tried not for their actual faith, but for openly declaring their convictions and for bringing up their children in the same spirit. As Tanya Kodakevich wrote, you can pray freely, but just know, just so God alone can hear. Listen to that. You can pray Sounds freely. Sounds like California, doesn't it? Exactly. Wow, you can pray freely, but just so God alone can hear. God. She received a 10-year sentence for these verses. A person convinced that he possessed spiritual truth was required to conceal it from his own children. In the That's 20s. And yeah, absolutely. Homeschooling. And there was a there was a Harvard professor who recently came out saying that homeschooling, evan evangelical homeschooling was child abuse. And mm. you must stop it because they're they're abusing their children by the ideas they're putting into their minds. Gosh. Let me dude. continue. Wow. In the twenties, the religious education of children was classified as a political crime under Article fifty eight ten of the code. In other words, counter revolutionary propaganda. True. One was permitted to renounce one's religion at one's trial. It didn't often happen, but nonetheless did happen that the father would renounce his religion and remain at home to raise the children while the mother went to the Solovetsky Islands. Throughout all those years, women manifested great firmness in their faith. Men, that's a call out. It all is. persons convicted of religious activity received tenors, the longest term then, then given. In those years, particularly in 1927, in purging the big cities for the pure society that was coming into being, they sent prostitutes to the Solovetsky Islands along with the nuns. Those lovers of a sinful earthly life were given three-year sentences under a more lenient article of the code. The conditions in prisoner transports, transit prisons, and on the Solovetsky Islands were not of a sort to hinder them from playing their merry trade among the administrators and the convoy guards. Three years later, they would return with laden suitcases to the places they had come from. Religious prisoners, however, were prohibited from ever returning to their children and their home areas. And Solzhenitsyn, who wrote Gulag Archipelago, he went through the gulags. He escaped with his life. He said, to destroy people, you must first sever their roots. Gosh. I, I don't know if you guys, that's sombering, dude. It it, you know, who knows the character of humanity better 
than God and Satan. There's no question that the Soviet Union and its Marxist principles were all satanic, all of them. They knew enough about humanity to have these kinds of impacts, to be able to write something like what you just read, the idea that he's absolutely right. To destroy the culture, to destroy uh, humanity, you sever them from their roots. You sever them from their history. That's right. From their traditions, their, their culture. Statues. statues. Samantha <laughs> Mellon said, Whoever is reading us an amazing has an amazing reading voice. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You wanna know why Thank why you, I'm Samantha. so excited about that? Because I really thought in my mind, I was like, I should put it up as a vote for who should read this part. Because I'm like, I don't know if I should read it. So thank, thank you, Samantha. Well, don't don't, don't don't forget <laughs> she really said whoever that. was reading it. So hey. Yeah, hey. 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 <laughs> it was one of us. That was perfect. No, but dude. Isn't it? It's it's kind of trippy when you see like history repeat itself. Yeah. Uh, Lisa Sheely said it's sick. It is. It's literally disgusting. Um, how, uh, you know that that history can totally repeat itself, moving forward. And we're reading stories and we're like, there's just no way. That'll Remember the, the analogy I gave today about what if a, a government was to overtake us? You yeah. Know what I mean, and and taxed us and did all these things mm-hmm. and legit. Someone said in the front. Uh, we're in that right now. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. But right. at first they were like, wait, what? And then someone said, we're in that right now. A- absolutely. And it's been a small encroachment over time. They knew. Mm-hmm. I mean, people think that the deceiver is going to show up with a pitchfork, a long right. tail and horns. Right. He disguises himself as an angel of what? Light. Light. That's the whole point. So they're going to look like good politicians that promise you the world and they never deliver. Never, ever. And even the preachers will say, oh, we're the ones. Just follow us. Not follow Christ. Remember what Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Follow me. Follow my ministry. Follow this. Dude, who cares about that stuff? Right? The point is they're disguising themselves as an angel of light and promoting themselves rather than Christ. Yeah. And that's what happened. It's, Slow overtime destruction of the moral code in yeah. the family. And, right. and you have to recognize the satanic nature of what was going on here because you notice if they denounced their religion, if they denounced Christ, they were sent home free. Right. That is satanic. Yeah, absolutely. That, the, the rejection of Christ is what they were looking for. Well, as Todd has often said, uh, Satan's goal is to get back at God, and yes. he does it through us. Absolutely. Uh, someone said, can you please share the article that was read? It's, um, it's the Gulag Archipelago. It's a, a long book. Um, what we can do at, once we're done with this, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll post we'll, a we'll comment. link. Chrissy will the, comment on it yeah. uh, to, to do that. Yeah, uh, we'll post the slide. We'll post the link to the slide um, for you guys. Share it. Save it. Seriously. People need to know this. Nobody, nobody in America knows this. Right. They don't recognize that it's not just a political battle; it's a spiritual battle. You know, one of the one of the reasons that in Germany the the the, the Catholic religion had such a grip on people is because they were literate; they yeah. could not read. That's right. And so it was yeah. easy to put impose their will, if you will, on them. It was easy to mm-hmm. enslave them in mm-hmm. their minds, and that they had to give dinars and money <laughs> to get the favor from God yeah. and have all these things. Look, I'm not saying that's about Catholics in general. What I'm saying is that happened at the time. Keep them illiterate. Keep them stupid, and you got them, right? And, yep. and that's kind of what you're seeing. If we don't read a book, for crying out loud, this is what you're seeing: history repeating itself. One of this, one of the founders you read this morning, I think, um, or something else I was reading recently, is that they're only our liberty is only going to survive as long as our people are educated. Yeah, yeah, and My- and educated means you got to know what these what these authors are saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, somebody would said said to me the other day, "Can't you read something a little lighter?" <laughs> I, was, I was reading some old Greek guy. Yeah, yeah. yep. My yeah. my wife yeah. does the same thing to yeah. me. Like, <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, she was looking for a book, and I was like, "Well, I got a ton of books on the shelf." She was like, Mm-mm, "No, <laughs> yeah. Why, yeah, why not?" This was uh, here's another comment. Uh, Brian said this. There's so much Marxism in schools today, and I think he's referring to the Marxist teaching. <clears throat> he said. Basically, speaking as a Marxist, I might not be able to change Massey Michael Paul's minds, but I can influence their kids through the schools. Precisely. That's exactly how they do it. Precisely. They destroy the family. Yep. Uh, history repeats itself because uh, history is being destroyed at its roots. That's right. Yep. Uh, it's not taught well in schools. This is, I mean, this is, so, we're, we're, so here, when you're receiving this, though, how can we get this out to the people? You get it, you learn it yourself, and you share it. One of the yep. things is knowledge is good, 
But if it, there's no wisdom behind knowledge, and all wisdom is is knowledge applied, yeah, it does nothing. It just mm -hmm. makes you it makes you wax worse and worse. You're just learning it and learning, and and you never come to the truth. You never become a part of like the solution. You just learn and learn. And now is the time. If this is a part of where your field is, so into this field heavily and start teaching others. Start discipling people in the gospels and and in culture in American mm -hmm. culture, restoring the family again, the fathers again. Why is it we talked about this last week? The fatherless rates in a lot of African-American communities, even Hispanic communities now, yeah. are, are skyrocketing. Why? Why take out the dad? Because yeah. you take away the, the, the design of God. Exactly. You take away the design of the Lord. Exactly. And, it's, and somehow that's wrong to say that it's a design that God created the man as the head. No, that's what he designed. That's what he intended. Yeah. Pull the churches away from the design of having an apostolic leadership, you got them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Seriously. And, unless we think that BLM isn't in on that field, you look at their mission statement. They say they want to tear down the, the nuclear family. Absolutely. They want to replace yep. it with totally. raising children in a community. Right. That's already the public education system. Mm -hmm. Is, is this community right there's there's an old adage about uh, applying to public schools um, if you send your children to caesar for education <laughs> don't be surprised when they come back as romans hey Ooh. hey 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 that That's is a, yeah, good i've heard that before it's it's powerful that is good um let's get into a little bit of could a christian be a marxist right mm -hmm. I, I think we've kind of taken a baseball bat to that idea, but let's, <laughs> let's just finish it off here. Um, so socialism is based on a materialistic worldview. I'm going to read these points off, and if you guys want to nail in on these, go for it. Socialism punishes virtue, right? If you're too good and you're receiving too much, we're, you're a business owner, you're mm -hmm. a great farmer, we're going to end you. We're going to take all your stuff because obviously you couldn't have done it well. You find this you find this value system most visible in unions. Yes, uh, because Ooh, in, explain that uh, when I I used Tell to them. one of my early jobs I was in San Francisco working for the uh, uh, for a retail store in downtown. Loved the job, but I I was an assistant buyer and I went to the, down to the floor where uh, we were in the luggage department and I started unboxing a bunch of luggage and getting it ready for display that kind of stuff. And one of the retail clerks came by and said, "You can't do that. That job belongs to somebody else, and you're taking away from them the opportunity to work." The idea was not that I should benefit the customer and get the inventory out as quickly as possible so that we could sell it. We had to wait for a union person to come around and unbox the luggage and make it available. Mm -hmm. So the idea with unions is that you cannot, you cannot work harder, you cannot earn more money unless you follow an equality formula wow. that uh, prohibits merit, excelling, improving, all those kinds of things. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that gets into the next point of socialism endorses stealing. Amen. Right? And, and you look at what happened to the kulaks in the Ukraine. Yeah. And I've talked about this before. But what ended up happening was the good farmers, the ones who were doing well, they, the, the poorer farmers right now. So Russia or, or the Ukraine, the Soviet Union, that area had a surf system, basically a slavery system. Mm -hmm. And it had only been done away with for 40 or 50 years. Well, after about 40, 50 years, you get people who rise to the top, people who are good at what they do. Well, the Soviet agitators came in, the community organizers, mm -hmm. and created envy of the people who weren't doing as well, the people who, who saw somebody with the brick house and the nice carriage and everything. And they right. said, they stole that from you. Get it back. Mm -hmm. Get it back. They, right. they don't deserve that. Right. They got that ill-gotten gains. We hear that all, the day, all today. Eat the rich, right? right? Why? Because they stole something right, from dude. you. So go steal it back. Right. Yeah, and I find it funny. Socialism punishes virtue. I just want to read a couple of things. Uh, the 1828 definition, I've already read it this morning, but it's just moral goodness, the practice of moral duties, and abstaining from sin and a conformity of life and conversation to the moral law. Here's another one. Virtue is nothing but voluntary obedience to truth. Amen. And they're mm -hmm. trying to destroy that. Here's another yep. one. A particular, a, a particular moral excellence as the virtue of temperance, of chastity, and of charity. What does the Bible promote? Temperance, chastity, charity. Why are they trying to destroy that? Because if you can destroy morality, again, you got them. Then they won't care about inward virtue. They won't care about inward integrity. Of course they're trying to destroy that. 
And sure. and that's what Marxism, yeah, it tries to do away with it because it has to shape the world in its image. Um, if you guys don't mind, I'm going to kind of Go bounce ahead. down to the bottom. Go ahead. Because um, I really do want to talk about the church and Marxism. And I want to get your guys' thoughts. So, sure. So Marxism is trying to do away with the old system, mm-hmm. which includes Christ's system. It's trying to get away yeah, from totally. it. It's trying to create a new system of new rules, new morals, new laws. And you're witnessing this in the idea of identity politics, right? And churches are starting to get on board totally. with identity politics. Right. It, so uh, I want you guys to kind of go into what are you seeing and, and how do people in the church today combat that? How do they How do they make sure that the church stays pure and doesn't get enveloped by the tentacles of Marxism? Well, it seems to me that uh, we have to be careful about how we phrase things, because the Marxists are masters at turning definitions on their head. Uh, think about uh, just the word gay. It used to mean happy. Yep. Um, so, but they've, they've stolen that word, and now, and now it, doesn't, it, it no longer means that. You can't say somebody's gay, meaning they're happy. Um, yeah. And so there's that kind of twisting going on. Uh, we we love freedom. We totally love freedom. But for what the what's happening in the current culture right now is they're saying, well, people should be free to change to a different gender. <laughs> and and frankly, we can't really object to that. What we have to object to is the forced change in our lives that are like uh, the uh, girls' sports. Um, these trans a lot of transgender boys have become girls are now competing yeah. uh, with girls' sports. The girls' sports uh, organizations are being forced mm-hmm. to accept these people. Uh, so it isn't that we're objecting totally. To, we're trying to somehow limit and use force to prevent people from transgendering. What we're trying to say is, no, we're not going to let this this former boy who now calls himself a girl, identifying as a girl, to play girls' sports totally. or, or to change in a girls' locker room. Yeah, you yeah know? totally. So and those are the kind of things we need to be able to be strong about. Amen, amen. And I think, too, it's, again, it is literally destroying history all the time. If, again, it's all uprooting and all this stuff about original sin. Notice that a lot of what they're fighting for today is destroying God's original design. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. what they're doing. Now, again, you can choose what you want to do. I'm not going to stop you from that, but you cannot force me. What is the definition of rights? And I heard this from a guy. I can't remember who it was, but he basically said, it's anything that any one of us can claim independently, but you don't force me to give it to you. It's exactly what rights are. You can't force me to do it. But now they're <coughs> saying, you better send your kids to a public school. Oh, they don't have vaccinations? Too bad. Then they can't come to our school. So guess what that does? It puts a force on a family. Uh, absolutely. I mean, it's unbelievable what they're doing. And guess who pays for schools? We all do. We all do. But yet, they're the ones making the rules. Do you guys see where I'm going with this? The fact that, again, I had to get in my car, which I pay taxes on, and I pay license fees on, and I have a license in my pocket to drive on the roads that I pay taxes to to go get fireworks where I had to show a government-issued ID and then come back to my house, pop those things, pick up the garbage, because I might get fined if I don't. Because of independence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> because of liberty. Yeah. If you think about it, we have so been trained that liberty is a regulation of government. Notice what they're called, government. They're not called rulers, government, which means you restrain stupidity. Only if I strip someone else of their rights. Nobody has the right to restrain me and my my life, uh, uh, liberty, and property. Nobody. But we've trained everybody to be that way. And the key word here is if you have to ask permission, you are not free. Totally, man. Yeah. Totally, dude. And that's what licenses are, by the way. Yeah, professional licenses, driver's license. Yeah, yeah. I say, I used to say it all the time. My wife, not that it was bad, but she said, I told her, like, literally, license or permission to break the law. Because if you don't have one, you're breaking the law. Right. So if you have one, you can break the law. That's what a license is. (laughs) Seriously. Um. One thing I'm I'm fond of fond of saying, and and this gets into okay, what do we do? It's it really is discussions on the one-on-one level. Totally. And being willing to have those discussions. And one thing that I'll say, and you don't have to say this because this is kind of a, a almost arrogant statement, but I'll put the founders of my, the founders of my beliefs for a political and social system up against the founders of yours any day of a week. Mm. If I'm talking about Marxism, I'll put my guys up against your guys any day of the week. Why? Yeah. Because my guys, what 
they stood for, what they wrote about, the system they shaped, and the beliefs they had in the system yeah. they shaped, while it wasn't yeah. perfect, and I hate that we always have to make that asterisk on it. It wasn't perfect. It wasn't perfect. But nothing's it's true. perfect. It's true. Right. Right. But where they're coming from is, as a Christian, is so much more valid totally. than where Marxism totally. and socialism is coming from. The right. only reason that that even has to be stated is because so many people have been indoctrinated. Yeah. So to prove that, to say, hey, there was flaws, of course. But that's with any business, mm -hmm. any jumpstart <coughs> on something. Sure. It's going to start with its flaws, right? Sure. I think, too, I met with uh, someone came up to me after the sermon today. She was from Cuba. She said, I left when I was 18. And she said, I escaped communism with my father. My father would not let me be a communist. He brought me to this country. And she's probably in her 60s, 70s maybe. And she looked at me dead in the face and she said it in Spanish. She said, I was not born here, but I would die for this country. Hmm. How come she can say that and most people that were born here can't say that? We've gotten too comfortable. Absolutely. Yes. Listen yeah. to that, though, that yeah. they, they would take that step. Now, I would die for my faith, right? You mentioned earlier, few there be that find the straight gate. I think when you get to a point of, man, this isn't about us anymore. It's about our kids. Thomas Paine said, mm -hmm. there be trouble. Let it be my day so that my child may have peace. That's what this is about. has nothing to do with you. You know what? We may have to give up our comforts for our children to have comforts. Mm -hmm. We may have to give up these things that we're proceeding to walk in. And I'm not saying God won't bless us with comfort. Of course he does. He's great, right? But we may have to give up things so mm -hmm. that our kids can have a better future. But that's the challenge of every American right now. Mm -hmm. uh, totally. But here's, here's one of the other responses uh, I think that fits into what we're talking about here. Hiding right behind Marxism is authoritarianism. Totally. And I'm telling you that, that so many people in the body of Christ right now are authoritarians, have huge, broad authoritarian streaks running through their character. This is antithetical and hostile to our American foundation. Totally. It is hostile to the freedom that comes from God himself. God gave every individual the freedom to choose. Yeah. And that means, means the freedom to choose him or not him. The freedom to choose to wear a mask or not wear a mask. There is nothing in our government that permits them to force us to wear something, prohibit us from wearing something. Who, Christians among us, well, because we're really talking to the church now, they need to get on their knees and repent for their authoritarian streak. It is enough. We, it is no place in the body of Christ. Because what you're doing is you're saying it's not Christ that changes the heart. It has to be an authority that, of man. Amen. You're right about that, Mike. It has to be an authority of man to change Paul a person's killing heart, it. which is <laughs> Marxist all the way through. All the way through. It's Marxist all the way through. Authoritarianism um, plays into the hands of Marxism. Exactly. Massey, any comments before no, we I close just, out? No, no, no. You know, I, to, to sum it all up, uh, if you can't see that the antithesis of Marxism is Christianity, then, then literally you have to study not going to cap on you. I'm really not because it took us all a journey, I think, yeah. to understand where we're at right now. And you literally have to immerse yourself in the word of God. You have to be transformed by the renewing of your mind daily by the word of God. You have to be led of the spirit to understand that God gives us rights. And when you start to see that, there's no such thing as a collectivism. It's individually caring for yourself, having individual responsibility and uh, self-government, which there's four governments uh, that were given to us by God. Self-government, which is the Ten Commandments, right? Church government, which is uh, having doctrines and that we're the pillar and the ground of truth and how the apostles and prophets and all these things should be run, right? The, the hierarchical structure of, of church. I shouldn't say hierarchy, but the structure of the church. Uh, you have civil government, which he ordained, Romans 13, 1 Peter 2, Titus 3. Then you have this other one. Right, which is the, what did I say? Self, family government. You have family government where the God establishes the family. And you notice that all of that is being eroded. Family government, yeah. what? Self-government, eh, you don't need it. Follow the collective. You don't need to follow your conscience. Your conscience is wrong if you disobey. As a matter of fact, the more posts I read about people, now they're saying basically, if you disagree with me, you're racist. Where did that start? You're carrying yeah. sin yeah. for not agreeing. With yeah, you. if you don't agree with me, that's racist. Right. What? That, they used to say that about, about Obama. You couldn't disagree yeah. with him based on policy. If you did, then they would say you're racist. Yeah. I mean, that, and, and again, this is, I, th there was a quote. I think it's William Ralph Inge who said, the enemies of freedom don't argue. They shout and they shoot. That is their wow. tactic. If they, can, if they can get you submitted and shut up, they got you mm -hmm. because you're not firm in conviction.
I want to read one last thing and then we'll close out. Paul, if you have any words after this, go for it to close out. Otherwise, um, but I want to read this because I wrote this. If we do not put our foot down as church now, the church will be torn and divided between a truly satanic, in the most realist sense, ideology and Christ. Do not replace Christ with a false idol pretending to be Christ. Ooh. This means the idea of, of uh, false doctrines, of getting your eyes off of Christ. Don't replace him with this false idol. Satan comes as an angel of light. He will tell you things you want to hear. He will tell you things that seem good. And he will poison the truth so that it seems pleasurable to the flesh yet causes death. And we're watching this happen in the church right now is what's happening is the angel of light is coming and saying, don't worry about Christ, focus on this, and then you'll be representing Christ. Right. What we're saying is do not let anything get in your way between you and Christ. Follow Christ and you'll see things with true yeah. eyes. Yeah. And this is, uh, you know, we, we're, we're at the eight o'clock point. Again, if you guys have any other questions, please comment below. We'd love to get to them. We're going to post that article, that page yes, that you yes, got. We are. Uh, but again, this is what we're doing is just educating. And you know, this whole COVID thing brought me to, to repentance. And I was starting to stray from our original intent of what we were called to. We're called to bring foundational truth to these things. We're not called to get caught up in the weeds of what the media says and we should react to it, which is what you're seeing a lot of, right? You want to know what a conservative is going to talk about tomorrow? Watch MSNBC the night before. They're going to talk about it. So we didn't want to do that. What we want to do is bring foundational truths to these arguments or to these things that, that are prevalent right now and use a little bit of knowledge, psychology. I mean, you were talking about what Jordan Peterson was saying about we should talk about that. About uh, when you separate man from religion, the subconscious and the, oh, the yeah, mental illness yeah, stuff. Yeah. Dude, that was great. And I think, again, as we continue to do this, we absolutely love that you guys join our podcast. Please share them because this is where uh, most information needs to get out. Obviously, the social media is the platform to get information out right now. And so, again, if you guys want to follow uh, follow us more and support our work, go to theselfevidenttruth.com. Uh, you guys can find out more information about us. We also do have our Government versus God course. It is still reduced at $39. If you guys want to take that, it's a four-week course on different topics relating to the Constitution. Uh, you guys can go on uh, theselfevidenttruth.teachable.com and get on that as well. So, once again, we love you guys. Thank you so much for joining us, Paul. You're the man. Thank, Thank you for you, coming Paul. on ball. Thanks for having me, boys. Uh, on board. Uh, Kristen, once again, knocked it out of the park. Uh, you are right? champion. She's amazing. Amazing. Uh, and again, we love you. And again, it's it's really being a voice of reason in unreasonable times. That's our that's our duty. Live liberated, folks. We'll see you guys next week. Love you guys. Amen.